This is an Anami podcast. Hello, growers. Welcome back to Growing Up. Hope you're having a lovely afternoon, evening, or morning whenever you find yourself watching or listening to this. You know you can find our videos on YouTube. You know where to find us if you're just listening to the audio. Spotify, Apple, all the things, wherever you get your podcasts. It's great to be back. I was out of town for a lot of the summer, and I hadn't been in the studio in a while. We luckily recorded enough episodes that we could keep airing them for you, but um, it feels good to be back in the flow of growing up and having conversations with lovely people about life and this journey we find ourselves on. I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoyed recording it. Yeah, this is my conversation with Jake Thomas. Jake Thomas, hi. Hey. Hi. Hey, man. How's it going? It's going so well. Thanks for coming on the pod. Thanks for having me. I haven't seen you since Christopher Brochu's wedding. <sighs> Up in the Bay Area. Yeah, but even more North Bay Area. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah. Not the normal Bay Area, no. the Bodega Bay the bo- Area. That's right, Bodega Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was nice. That was a special time. It was. That was pre-pandemic. Man. Doesn't that seem what like... What were those days like? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I don't really remember those days. I know. Yeah. They, it seems so distant now. Yeah. So I see you survived it. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. And we're, we're currently surviving another hardship of the strike. Yes. And we're, we're potentially getting through that one too. I know. We're like, seeming like we're in the, in the back end of this right. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Congrats to the WGA. Correct. Getting yeah. their contract. For real. Sags yeah. next. Yep. Hopefully. God bless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank God for podcasts. Although, am I right? Although we did just uh, do the strike authorization for video, video games, games today, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't have cared about uh, unless I was currently working on a video game right now. So that's fun. And you're currently working on a video game right now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See, for me, I was like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not on a video game. I voted yes for for strike authorization where there was, it was most painful. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Because those dates in in like a month or so are going to go away. But that's- Your little pen was shaking. It's, uh, that's just, it is what it is. So take me way back. You are- You are- Just (laughs) born. You are Disney and Nick- like generation before me, like I grew up watching Lizzie McGuire before I, I was on Ned's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old were you when you got on Lizzie? Let's see, we shot the pilot when I was like at the tail end of nine. Woo, yep. And see, that's uh, three years before me. Yeah, that, that must have been late 1999, Woo. early 2000s. And then we, we shot, I think, the first season right in 2000. And yeah. then we did um, two seasons, 65 episodes. Within two years, which is... That's insane. People, people, I guess that's just how they did it. How often did you all shoot? Like how many seasons and we episodes? We did three seasons, but 55 episodes over three. Wow. You did In three two years. seasons, yeah. 65 episodes? Yeah. That's a lot. It was kind of nuts. But kind of cool. Yeah. You like it knocked great. it all out yeah. in a it couple years. It felt like forever. But I mean, as a kid, any amount of time like that feels like an eternity. For sure. But I, God, think about it right now. Shooting 65 episodes, something in two years it, right now would be like, that would fly by. It doesn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't. You're shooting like 10 episode seasons now, yeah. you know, yeah, a lot of things. Or eight. <laughs> um, how was your child acting experience? How was your Disney Lizzie experience. Yeah. yeah, it was enjoyable. Well, I mean, so the thing that's weird too is that the Disney side of stuff, when I got to that acting, it was different from anything else I had done before because yeah. the previous projects I had been doing were all just heavily dramatic. And it was the first things that like kids my age were actually 
watching because yeah. everything else was like no kids were watching yeah, no the cell it. <laughs> <laughs> a, a psychological yeah. thriller yeah nobody yeah. nobody at elementary school recognized me for that one but when lizzie came around people did and it was it was it was different for me being uh, i guess it was more of a kid-friendly environment for sure but uh it was great i had a great time with yeah. disney yeah yeah i had a great time on neds and you know obviously like we're hearing a lot of our contemporaries come out with yeah. the not so great time they had yeah and even having had a great time on Ned's like there's still weird parts about growing up a kid in an adult industry like, I mean, there's, it, there's strangeness it is what it is I mean yeah. it's a weird way to grow up because in a way you have to grow up because your job you have a job you are there as a child but you still have a job that adults their jobs rely, rely on, on you doing something correctly and doing it you know uh in a timely fashion so yeah i mean it's a weird way to grow up you definitely mature much faster yeah. but i think it really comes down to a lot of the environments of like you know what the adults on set how they make the environment how your parents make the environment at the end of the day that makes the biggest difference i think i agree entirely do yeah. you have siblings i have two half siblings yeah Cool. Yeah, yeah. They, they? They're not in the industry whatsoever. Cool. Um, yeah, my sister either. Okay. Which is uh, cool. How much, what's the age difference between you and two your sister? Two, two years. Two years apart. Okay. My siblings are much older. They're like nine to 10 years older. Oh, wow. So yeah, they, they were in high school by the time, or they were out of high school by the time that I was out here with my parents. Wow. Yeah. So they just get to watch and go like, well... I mean, they, they came out for like premieres and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, which was really cool. But yeah, for the most part, like we were living out here and they were living in Tennessee still because I'm originally from Tennessee and I didn't really grow up with them that much yeah. in my adolescent kind of years. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in Georgia, man, before coming out here. Yeah. So not far off. Yeah. Not far off. That's a whole other life over there. Yeah. Speaking of adults that make a fun atmosphere yeah. on a set... We both share a director that we've worked with, Savage Steve Holland. Oh my goodness, Which man. has to be, he's like one of the most memorable directors to me because he just, he was so much fun to work with. Absolutely. Yeah. For those of you listening who don't know, Savage Steve Holland, he directed a ton of children's television at the yep. time. Yep. He did probably like half of our Ned's episodes, yeah. it feels like. Like he yeah. was a recurring director on Ned's. He shot... Yeah, he shot like probably the majority of Ned's. We had about five, maybe five or six regular directors that we would just rotate through. And cool. he was one of them. He was one of the, I think, the one that recurred the most, I would say. Yeah, he's just such a lovely human. And that's what, like you said it right, like that's what it comes down to on these kid show sets or any set really is like the environment is set by the producers, the yep. director. Yep. And your family. It's yeah. really set by, if you're a kid on set, that's who you need to understand children. And then the environment's going to be really good. Savage was like a giant child himself. Yeah. So you're just there having a fun time with him. Yeah. And he's taking care of you and he's telling jokes and he's just making sure, hey, you good, baby? Yeah. Oh, okay. Boop, 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 boop. Like, he's such <laughs> yeah. a silly man. Yeah. And that made it, like, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It really did. So I've started now directing in recent years and I'm I'm working a lot with kids and I feel like I'm I'm trying to call back like what was it that like directors like Savage, what were they doing? How can I implement this into my directing and try to bring that atmosphere? Yeah. Do you have this thing? I <laughs> I have this thing now when I work with kid actors mm -hmm. where part of me feels such an affinity like to them and for them and I just mm -hmm. want to like support them as long as they're cool as long as they're yeah. not little assholes yeah but we're like i really want like oh you're me in the past and i just want like you to be good and i want to support you mm -hmm. i have that part of me and the part of me that's just like 
staring into my past and feeling like, Whoa. this is so weird. Like what <laughs> you kid pretending to be mature enough to talk to me yeah. and everyone around you. And you think you're mature enough to talk to all of us, but you don't know anything about anything. Like, I also feel this like, this distaste of like, go away from me. You're weird. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. I know what it was to be that age yeah. and be in that role. And now that I have so much distance from it, sometimes mm. it freaks me out when I see little kid actors who are okay. all like precocious. And okay. Like, you know, yeah. 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 It freaks me out. Okay. You get none of that? You none just love them? <laughs> want to support them? I don't think I go that deep. I'm not sure. That's, but now I'm going to, I feel like. Yeah. It doesn't freak you out to like look and be like, I was. That's little Jake. <laughs> no, but now I'm going to do that. Yes, yeah, perfect. No, I, I, think, perfect. <laughs> I think the only thing I, I do, is, this is not with other kid actors, but this is like with my own like nieces and nephews. It's like, okay, you're 10 now. When I was your age, I was working basically a full-time job. You need to start bringing in the money. You need to, <laughs> I have that sit down with them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But, but no, you're not, like, I was a fully working adult at 10 years old. Yeah, you need what to be you working doing with your life? right now. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, I had a retirement fund at 11. Roblox isn't going to help you unless you're streaming it. If you start <laughs> streaming it and putting it on YouTube right now, it could help. Would you uh, let your future children enter the industry as children? I mean... If they're cute. <laughs> I mean, if they're You'll cute. You'll capitalize. If they're cute, if they're cute and they have an innate sense of humor, then sure. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And if they want to. Yeah, okay, that's sure. But why not? I mean, for me, having a good experience and getting to experience the things that I, no one else my age got to or very yeah. few people my age got to, I wouldn't trade that for the world. So, yeah. I mean... It, it's, it's a cool job. It's a cool way to grow up. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I wouldn't trade my experience for the world, but yeah. will I let my future children enter this world? I mean, it's kind of not. It's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of their decision, too. I mean, if there's interest yeah, there. It is their decision, but it's also a heavy lift on the parents, yeah, man. The yeah. older I get and I look at like what my parents did for me, yeah. I'm like, damn. I know. For me, it's like, I didn't, how, why the hell did you guys sacrifice? That, like, I, I sometimes can't I understand that. I'm I was like, like whoa. Because, you know, it's, it's hard being a stage mom or dad because you have to be there the entire time. All of the hours we're working, yeah. they need working. to be there. Yeah. They're working. They're yeah. making sure you're fed, you're yes. good, you're yep. safe. You know your lines, know everything your lines, like that. Yeah. You're ready. Yeah. I mean, my parents made it work. I mean, their whole intention in coming out to Los Angeles was not for me whatsoever. It was for their careers. No shit. I got mixed up in it by total chance. No shit. I went with my mom to a meeting with her agent and at six years old, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. So I would tell just a roster of jokes to anyone who would give me the time of day. <laughs> and so like, I was just like, I was at the meeting and I was just like trying to tell jokes to this agent, like constantly, constantly. And I guess the agent was like, he'd be really good yeah, at the youth department. You should, you want to, you want to try it? And my parents were like, okay. And I booked like national commercial after national commercial after na I was their highest earner within like six months. And that was in the heyday of commercials. That was right. when commercials paid real yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So my parents were like, okay, well, I guess we keep this going. And it just snowballed. Wow, man. But I mean, they, they made it work. I mean, they would have to trade off like yep. actually working like a real job and yep. then being with me. And God, I don't know how they made the sacrifice, but they did. And I'm very thankful for it. Wow. That's so cool. And did I I read, I don't know that I knew that at the time. Um, were you an AI? I was. Spielberg's AI? Yeah, yeah. Which I booked at the same time 
as Lizzie. And there was a moment there where we were trying to figure out which one, a pilot for Disney or a Steven Spielberg movie. And they worked it out and I got to do both. Dude. I got to take like a couple weeks off from the movie to go do the show and Dude. glad it worked out. <laughs> I mean, that's like, I mean, obviously one of the most prolific directors in any capacity, but yeah. also in working with children. Right. The work he did on E.T., getting baby Drew Barrymore and the young kid to yeah. act so beautifully and yeah. so real and so well, it's not an easy thing. Yeah. Yeah. How was it working with him, dude? That's it was, so cool. It's one of those things, I was nine years old at the time, so <laughs> yeah. it's like I have no context yeah. at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, for who which this is, man is. Which is kind of great yes. because there's no fear. Mm. There's no, I'm not like if I were to, uh, you know, go do a movie with someone who's Spielberg today, it's like, okay, I've got all this inset of like, this is who this is. You can't mess this up. Don't mm -hmm. mess this up. You have to blah, blah, blah. And at nine, it's just like, huh? Oh, okay, cool. And <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh yeah. All right. I can do that. All right, great. Let me go play with this toy while, uh, while we're waiting to set up. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. Right. It's so normal when you're a kid because right. you don't know anything else. Yeah. You're just like, oh, this is life. But looking back on it, there are things that I'm able to realize that he did differently or that was like special. Evidently, he had done this with a lot of his other child actors, which is when I actually went to read for him mm -hmm. at a callback over at Warner Brothers, he doesn't actually just read any dialogue scenes, anything like that. I was ready with my sides. Like mm -hmm. I was, my parents made sure I was off book on that. And mm -hmm. it was just me that was there. No one else was there reading. And it was just him and this casting office. And then like 10 producers along the wall. And he was like, Hey, no, don't worry about the sides. Just sit down. We're just going to talk. And we talked for like 15 minutes. He just wanted to know about my daily life. He wanted to know about what my brothers and sisters were like, what my pets were like. And he just got to know me on just kind of a base level as a kid. And then later that day found out that I booked it. Wow. That's wow. awesome. That's that awesome. awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. And then on set, you know, his big thing was never wanting things to sound rehearsed. He was constantly like, we'd still be rolling. And he would say, okay, that whole paragraph right there, at the beginning, say this instead. And then wait like a minute before you say the last part. And then at the other part, say this instead. Go. And he would just, he'd be trying to keep it fresh. Mm. He'd be trying to keep it unrehearsed. He mm. wanted everything to be really natural. Mm. So um, yeah, that's stuff I, I don't see with any other directors mm -mm. in my career doing those two things. No, that's so cool, man. Yeah, it was enjoyable. Yeah, yeah I mean, it has to be. <laughs> Even though I totally get it. Like as a kid, I'm sure it's, Cooler to look back on yeah. that because as a kid, you're just like, yeah, this is life. I, I'm an actor. I think the other part of that too, which was very interesting, which I'm now remembering as well, is that movie was technically a Kubrick film. So yeah, it's a weird story with this film. So Stanley Kubrick and Steven Spielberg were working with each other on this film. Stanley was going to, I think, direct it. And uh, what? Steven Spielberg was going to produce it. They were, what? for years, going back and forth. They would fax each other all these different storyboards, ideas, and everything. And then Stanley Kubrick died. Yeah. And Spielberg took over. And he was like, I'm going to finish this project for Stanley. And I got to meet Stanley Kubrick's wife and daughter at the New York premiere. And Stanley Kubrick's wife came up to me at the premiere and said, Stanley would have loved you. Which oh, at nine years old means no nothing. context. Dude. Now it's like that's insane. <laughs>
Yeah. For any of you listeners who aren't major <laughs> film nerds, Stanley Kubrick is the top of the mountain. Yeah. He is yeah, yeah. the mountain. Yeah. He yeah, is yeah. film. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my goodness, dude. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. That's very cool. <laughs> That's very cool, man. So yeah. So kind of like me, like had this early success yeah. that like led to just all these amazing experiences. Yeah. You know, young Hollywood community, different friends, like mm -hmm. opportunities that most kids don't have. Being exposed to a lot of really cool life and a really dynamic life as a kid. And then for me, man, I mean, I feel like, feel like I'm just <laughs> making it through the transition to adulthood. Like, I feel like I'm just on the back end mm -hmm. of not being a fucking kid anymore, even though I'm 32. I mean, I, I still hope to continue to be a kid. I mean, to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. I hope I don't change very much because I feel like don't lose the little bit of magic, kind of the special sauce for sure. that we have because for sure. that's what makes us different from everybody else who's just now getting in the game and everything. Right. Just not even acting, but just in, in life. creativity and life. Yeah. yeah. So for you, transition-wise, going from Ned's and acting, how did you feel like that transition felt like going to adult work? Like I said, like, it feels like I'm just coming through it. So yeah. like after Ned's, I realized <laughs> after Ned's, I thought I'm good. Mm -hmm. Title character, I'm set. My career, like, let's field all the offers, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking set. <laughs> and I quickly learned in auditions, like, oh no, like I've been on Nickelodeon on one of the broadest shows on Nickelodeon, like yeah. I need to go learn how to act. So very quickly after Ned's, I, I realized, oh, I need to learn what this craft actually is. Mm -hmm. And I like got into acting classes and started yeah. like really learning what the work is and, yeah. and did that for years. And then, I mean, I got off Ned's at 15 and like for 10 years, I was working really hard at getting good and getting really close to a lot. Mm -hmm. And like booking here and there, you know, yeah. booking the guest star here mm -hmm. and a little recurring here and little indie movies here. A lot of them were really great experiences and stuff, but nothing that was taking my career to a new place as an you. adult. I got you. And I still looked really young. So I think I was kind of riding that weird transition. That's why we got the facial hair now. Yeah, it helps yeah. so it much. Helps so Once much. I could grow a beard, I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm in my 20s, bitch. I'm yeah. not a kid. Yeah. But yeah, so it took a long time. And to be honest, the most adult I felt on a set and actually felt like the beginning of my adult career, I've talked about this before, but was I ended up on a movie called Rust. And it was obviously so fucking tragic and still is yeah. um but it was crazy being on that set before everything happened i was literally having this experience of like i've been working at this for a long time to make it into my adult career mm -hmm. and i was like having this experience on that set of like oh my god i think i'm finally here like i think i can do this mm -hmm. i'm an adult on this set i'm playing a fucking character ass cowboy man i'm one of the men on set i'm not one of the kids mm -hmm. and yet it felt like the beginning and then instead of that it felt like trauma i mean isn't that just a experience of growing up in itself in a <laughs> microcosm kind of way but damn it jake it is <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the it's crazy. There's no other word for it. It's insane. It, yeah. It's I cannot begin to fathom what that experience was like, and then trying to come back to that. Yeah. Afterwards. Yeah. We did finish it. 
And I'm actually so glad we did. I didn't know if I would be, but I was so glad we did on a personal level. I have no idea how it's going to come out. I, I hope it's good. But on a personal level for all of us who were there, even though it was really painful to come back, Mm -hmm. it actually felt like fucking closure. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. Like finish. It hurt. And then when like I rapped, I actually was like, whoa, I actually feel some closure. I'm curious. And this kind of goes to a bigger question of, do you ever watch your own work after it's done? Is this something that you think you will ever want to or try to return to to watch? So I do watch my own work. Mm-hmm. However, I don't like watching my own work like with people. Like okay. I'm watching it to learn and to judge myself okay. in the right way. Like yeah. I'm watching to go what worked, what didn't, yeah. what can I do better? Yeah. You know, yep. how to go. Yeah. I know there's a lot of actors who don't watch their work and I really get that. Because mm-hmm. it also can drive me insane sure. watching my shit some of the time, you yeah, know? Because yeah. you're never going to get it back. Or it changes your perception of it. Because yeah. you're not seeing yourself as in here. You're seeing, oh, I'm not acting. I'm envisioning what the camera is seeing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think some of the time I won't, some of the time I do watch to know what worked, what didn't. Mm-hmm. This, I don't know. This one's going to hurt to watch in a different way because half of it will be shot by Helena and half will be shot by Bianca. And that will be strange. Yeah. Like that's just going to hurt in a new way. But I think I will watch it just to further complete this process to know what happened and what we did. But yeah, this is a strange one to be a part of, man. I'm sure. I feel like we all have very personal experiences beyond whatever, you know, at the end of the day, the project actually was, whether it was a comedy, whether it was drama, whatever. Yes. There's, we always have something that we're, we're taking from that entire experience. So I feel like re-watching things brings all of that up. I feel like that for you, I mean, must, it's going to carry it a lot, I'm yeah. sure. And it's probably, as you rewatch it 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now, probably going to change meaning for you. And I, I hope it just gets better. Exactly. I hope it stays like in balance of like good and bad and not just like more bad because yeah, yeah, it's been a very painful two years and a very confusing thing to have ended up being a part of, you know, but life, like you said, it kind of is a microcosm of growing up. Yeah. Life is a fucking weird, big journey like that. Like it felt like a literally felt like a 15 year journey to get to Russ to try and start my adult career to Mm -hmm. then become a part of this strange history with it, but also have this like personal fucking wound that's now a part of me. And I also feel deeper because of this experience. Mm -hmm. So that is growing up, isn't it? Like you aim for something, it doesn't exactly go how you wanted it to. It takes 10 times as long as you wanted it to. It comes with some trauma and some pain. And hopefully on the other side comes with more meaning and you kind of are bigger at the end of it and have more capacity for complexity Mm -hmm. and for compassion, man. Like Mm -hmm. shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Strange journey, Jake. (sighs) Definitely. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we have our podcasts. Like that has been a a journey. After years of like coming in and out of how much I wanted to embrace my like Ned's identity that's Mm -hmm. held to me by this audience who I love. And it's like you had a very positive experience. I had a very positive experience. So like 
it was never this thing of like, oh, I need to leave that behind. Yeah. But of course, getting into my like later 20s, like, do I... Do I still want to be... Do I still want to be that kid? Yeah. So how was that experience for you then of, did of, you, I mean, did you go through that in your 20s of like, I don't want to be this character. I am a professional actor. <laughs> I do dramatic work. I never fully like drew the line. Okay. But it was always a discussion. Yeah, because you're always fighting with it. I was like, hey, aren't you that guy? Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, I am. But, but I also, also I do this. I do other things. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. it was it was for years. It was that like back and forth in my head. Yeah. And then literally like like then I came back around to fuck it. Let me fully embrace it. Let me yeah. pitch a reboot because that'll yeah. solve all my problems. I'll be a producer on it. Like, yeah, let's go. Pitched it. They passed on it. I was like, what the fuck? And then yeah. I was really considering like, OK, do I need to like consciously start drawing mm -hmm. that line? And as I was asking that question to the universe, I got hit up by a friend who started Podco, the production company yeah. and the podcast company. And he was like, what do you think of a Ned's rewatch podcast? And I was like, we're doing it again. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How'd you come around to the Lizzie McGuire pod? I mean, it's literally the same thing. Okay. Uh, so I'm, for a long time, I was like, look, I'm, I get it. I get it. I've... <laughs> I love the character of Matt McGuire, Matt McGuire. but <laughs> I was between the ages of nine and 13, <laughs> if you count the movie. And while it was great, it's like, you know, I'm in my 20s. I do dramatic things. Like, <laughs> I was in a fucking Spielberg movie. You know? <laughs> but but um, for a long time, I was, I was kind of rejecting that mm. part of me. Mm -hmm. and, and this went even further of like, I was in college at the time and I wasn't auditioning as much because I was just focusing on school. I was doing in between a lot of photography and then working my way towards directing. And I was like, I don't want anyone to know who I am from my past, anything like that. I want to book something like photography wise. I want to start doing things that are not off of my laurels. I'm not resting on those. I'm doing something of my own merit mm -hmm. of something I've made myself. And I got very annoying. I feel like, <laughs> like I, I just ended up hindering myself in the process, but it was around like when the, the reboot started happening. Mm. There was like rumors in like 2019 of like, maybe something's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Maybe something won't. There's been rumors. And then in the later half of 2019, they're like, hey, uh, we want to reach out to do the uh, the reboot. And it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, okay, I've been spending probably, I think the last five, 10 years of my life actively trying to not embrace that character. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to do this, I need to fully just embrace this character and let it happen. And then I went for that. And then we got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's, it's a little hard to go back from that that quickly. So I'm like, fuck it, just let it roll. Um, <laughs> Oh, life's so, so funny, dude. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's how it goes. Life you is know? so funny, That's how dude. it goes. You're like, all right, I'm fucking Matt McGuire. I am him. And it's, and it's like, like, yoink. Yeah, exactly. Nope, so, canceled. Uh, you know, it's whatever. It's, it's whatever. Um, oh. So, yeah, I'm just here living it. And you know what? Hey, it's great. I've got two memes I have a meme. Yeah, you're you're memed out. I there. am memed out, so I fully embrace it. I think it's great. Yeah, so it's a similar thing of like the reboot got pulled, my reboot never went, and then I'm like, when the podcast opportunity came up, I'm like, let's go, yeah, like let's yeah, do it, yeah, man. Yeah, 
pretty and much. And the audience is out there and is amazing. And they're yeah. our age. Yes. Like we've all actually gone through a journey. Yeah together in yep. our lives growing yeah. up and because of those characters because of Liz McGuire because of Ned's like we get to speak to these people and yeah. relate yeah. about our growing up experience like it has been fascinating yeah it's essentially like like getting to in a way catch up with a childhood friend in a way and like hey you remember when we did that shit exactly. that was hilarious <laughs> you weren't really happened was this we couldn't talk about it before but now <laughs> we can do it <laughs> yeah it's nice it's uh in a way it's also pretty therapeutic. I feel like talking about the, you know, the journey to adulthood, I feel like, you know, going through all this and in a way retelling it and reliving it and re-embracing it has definitely helped, I don't know, feel like more of an adult or, or at least feel like I have a better understanding of everything, of the whole journey, or at least the first chapter of the journey. Mm-hmm. I agree, man. I feel both more whole as an adult because of this like embracing of the past and now like reliving it with my castmates and now creating something new with them. Yeah. I feel more whole as an adult, but part of that has to do with, I feel where for a long time, that part of my past started mm -hmm. to feel really far off. Mm. I feel more close to it. I That's feel great. more connected to the pure child that I was who yeah. was just having fun, being presented with opportunities and kind of going on this little magical journey of becoming a, an actor kid, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's been the surprising part is how healing it's been doing the fucking podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. Wow. Who would have thought, I man? Know. Yeah, you're really adulting. I saw on your Instagram, <laughs> you're uh, fucking lime washing your I, walls. I don't, yeah. I've never even heard of that until your I, Insta story. I've never lime washed before. Full disclaimer. <laughs> A friend did his whole place in lime wash. And I was like, wow, this paint looks great. I want to try this. And he just sent me the location where to go. And then... And then I'm sitting there with a couple of gallons of paint and I'm like, what, what is this? What do I do now? Yeah, no, I've been remodeling my place for mm, a couple years now. <laughs> um, well, last year I did the entire kitchen myself, which you like torture. Yes, you like I do. Paint. Evidently I do. Yeah. Yes. Because the first remodel project I did was a couple of years ago and I had a contractor do that. And I felt like I was doing a lot of the work myself. And I was like, that needs to be changed. Let me just do that. And then this time I was like, I'm just going to do it myself, which in hindsight would not do that again. Don't recommend, but saved a ton of money and I learned a lot of stuff and now I have a bunch of tools. That makes you more of a man. I maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now I'm doing now I'm doing two bathrooms, two small bathrooms simultaneously. Dude. So I'm halfway through. I respect demo. the hustle. I hate not doing things myself. I yeah. think is the the root issue there. Yeah. Yeah. And well, there's a ton of reward to doing it yourself. Absolutely. But there's also a lot of punishment in it. It's yeah. like, because if you know, if you do something wrong, you're going to look at that one spot and think, I should have done that differently. Yeah, I should have fixed that. I should have fixed that. Fixed it when I was doing it. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I hope to just have enough money that I can pay people to do it all. <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally fine. That's totally fine. There's some things I like doing myself, yeah. but lime washing my walls, I it don't know, It wasn't that man. bad. It, right. The lime washing wasn't that bad. Okay, there's worse. What there's, was the worst? Oh God, what was worse? I built all of my cabinets for my kitchen and installed them by myself, including the wall cabinets which I have, there's video of me, because I did, I did a whole YouTube video on this, where I was like, I'm just gonna record the whole thing. And 
literally people were concerned <laughs> with all my Instagram stories as I was doing this. Like, are you okay? Yeah, you got you a seem, crazy look yeah, in you your eyes. Like, <laughs> things are a little, little off. Yeah, I mean, like, like holding, building the cabinet, holding the cabinet up against the wall, <laughs> simultaneously grabbing the screwdriver <laughs> and then screwing it into the wall, but dropping the screw about five times <laughs> in the process. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. I wouldn't. Man. Plumbing is fine, though. Is it? Yeah, plumbing's fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Dude, you're a real adult. You're building I, cabinets. No, I, I'm just learning how to do shit on YouTube and then applying that. That's not adulting. That is adulting. Do you hear Do you hear that audience? Being an adult is learning how to do things on YouTube and then applying them. <laughs> Honestly, that's yeah, like that's I, half the battle. Is I don't know how true. to do something. Well, guess what? It's YouTube fair. and Google, <laughs> you can learn how to do anything. And a little bit of gusto. That's all you need. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. I don't always have that gusto. I'm like, <laughs> don't get that dog in you all the time. Not all the yeah, time. Yeah. No, with certain things. Sometimes but I say I got it. that cat in me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah. more of a cat man yeah. myself. Yeah, yeah. You do know? you have cats? I have a cat. I have yeah, two cats. What's your cat's name? My cat's name, uh, he's a cat of many names, but for this podcast, oh. we'll call him King Mango Mochi. Gotcha. Okay. Mochi. He's a fluffy orange ball of mochi. Okay. You know I've what heard, I mean? I've heard things about orange cats. Does your cat have full orange cat brain? Let me clarify something here, Jake, for the fucking internet. There's memes going around, okay, that say <laughs> orange cats are fucking crazy. Oh, that's orange cat behavior. I don't know who these orange cats' parents are, okay, because my orange cat is a little fucking angel. Oh, okay. He's the best boy you've ever met. I've heard it from many people. They say, uh -huh. your cat is the best cat I've ever met. And I say, I know, he's an angel. So I don't, huh. I don't accept this orange cat slander going around TikTok. Okay. All right. Just because you raised a crazy orange cat, <laughs> just because you don't know how to create a real relationship with your orange cat doesn't mean orange cats are crazy. It might be a nature versus nurture thing. That's I what don't I'm, know. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. It's a nurture thing. Okay. If you okay. build the relationship, yeah. my yeah, yeah. dude, he's the best guy in the how world. Old? How old? 12. 12. Okay. So he's settled. He's, he's a settled like, boy. Yeah. Where as a kitten, he had no, no rambunctious, crazy well, running through screen doors. Well, every kitten. Okay. Every okay. kitten gets right. the zoomies. All right. Okay. Every kitten gets the zoomies. All every right. child gets the zoomies. Every okay. puppy. Right? Okay. Like, yeah, he All was right. a kitten, but still. You're casting a wide net here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my cat's the best. Okay. He's the best All dude right. in the world, All and right. he's maybe my favorite relationship in the world. It's really a special bond That's having cool. a, a cat who's like a buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are your cat's names? I have T-Max. T-Max. T-Max, named after a black and white Kodak film stock, T-Max 400. Wow. You photography, <laughs> film yeah, I nerd. Know, I know, I love it. My first animal, when I was born, my parents already had a gold retriever, Kodak. So I'm kind of continuing that as well. Cool. So I don't know. You're carrying on the, the yeah. tradition. And then there's Ellie, short for Elmerit, which is a Leica lens. Oh, wow. So, yeah. It's a bit of a I love there. it. Thank Actually, you. I love Thank it. You. You're Thank keeping you. them in the... Yeah. In the film world. Yeah, exactly. Did you go to film, black cats. Did you go to college for film? Did you go to film school? Uh, so, yes and no. I went to college for as much shit as they would let me do until they told me I had to graduate in something. I went to college for like 10 years. <laughs> And what? I maxed out completely on units. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I started, so I got my GED because that whole thing. Of course, I got that at 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it like 15, 16, yeah. something around there. Yeah. Didn't have my last two years of high school. Yep. Started taking community college classes, LA Valley College, yep. like age 17. Yep. 
took LA Valley college classes until God had to have been 2014, <laughs> a long time. <laughs> and then I went to Cal State Northridge. Yeah. Again, took classes and everything. For a while, I was a psychology major. For a while, I was, uh, I'm going to do electrical engineering. I'm going to do linguistics. I'm going to do <laughs> economics for a little while. <laughs> and, and, then, and then I took some classes that were like, oh, here's how you become a uh, sanitation expert. Or, oh, or my something. God. A lot of classes. I took a lot of <laughs> photography classes. I started doing studio photography work. Then I started taking screenwriting classes. And I was like, those are fun. This is interesting. Mm -hmm. Because... I had grown up reading scripts, grown up, you know, watching movies, being in movies, TV shows. Inherently, I knew when a story worked. Because you, you just, you watch something, you read something like this, this just hits. There's something about this just really works. Studying screenwriting, it was like, this is the fundamental basics. This is how it works. This is why it works. You need to do this, and then this needs to happen. Mm -hmm. That was so beneficial for me. Because yeah. I, I feel like I have a totally new understanding to the entire craft of filmmaking. Yep. Which was... Fantastic. And then yep. I got a minor in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> so I speak Japanese fluently. Jesus. <laughs> you literally did a little bit of everything, Yeah, a little man. bit, a little bit. Kind of a lot of bit of everything. A lot of bit, a lot of bit. Hey, if they had a class on making kitchens, I probably would have taken it, <laughs> to be fair. I had a similar thing where I took a screenwriting class like in my 20s at mm -hmm. UCLA, mm -hmm. just kind of like a one-off. And I had that same thing where I was yeah. like, I have read and understood what scripts were good and what were bad my yeah. whole life, but now I know why. And now I know the pieces that make it work or yeah. if a script isn't working, why? Yeah. Yeah, changed my, changed my, like, it made me fall deeper in love with writing, story, all of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a big one. And then directing came kind of simultaneously or what? Yeah, kind of. I mean, so I was doing a lot of after college and kind of during college, I started doing photography, not just for fun, but like I was doing editorial. I was doing key art for uh, TV shows. Wow. I was doing advertising. I started doing commercial photography and advertising. I was like, damn, like I was making a killing, like doing yeah. commercial photography. And it was like, this is so far to like taken away from acting now. Yeah. And I made the decision actually right before COVID hit, when they said that the Lizzie reboot was going to happen, I was like, I'm going to make the transition. I'm not going to, I'm going to be super, you know, picky with whatever projects. I'm not doing any commercial stuff. I'm only going to do directing. Because mm -hmm. I'd, I'd done stuff that was like advertising that was a mix of like photography and also video campaigns. Mm -hmm. I was like, I like doing the video campaign. I like doing the video kind of stuff. I yep. want to move slowly away from like being the guy who is delivering all of these different assets for a campaign to just coming in, video. directing it, yep. doing that's it. And so, uh, yeah, I doing that reboot, I was like, I felt like I had the freedom of, of choice now. I was like, I'm going to just focus on directing. And yeah. that was hard to give up, but I'm glad I did because I actually, I, I work a lot now with Nickelodeon. I direct a lot of the Nickelodeon movie promos for like Paramount and stuff Dude. like that with all the Nickelodeon kids. Dude. And it airs on Nickelodeon stuff. So it's been, it's been really nice. That's it's been great. So awesome. Yeah. I've enjoyed I, it. I love this transition for you. <laughs> it's great. And you're still acting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, once, this, once the strike's over. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Once the strike's over. Yeah, I, I fill in my time in between directing or acting with, it's both, they both work it, simultaneously. Yeah, of course. It's, it's, it's all the same, the same time. Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the same world. Which it's, it, I mean, it's nice to, to have that 
other thing that I can focus on between auditions. Absolutely. And because both of them are gig-based anyway, so it's not like I have to have hours or whatever. Dude, so. exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, because in between auditions, there's a lot of time. So yeah. for me, it's like the podcast and my music. Like, I'm so glad I have other stuff because I'll always pursue acting. Yeah. Always. And Same. the cool thing is, like, when I look at projects that I love, like, we have so much time. Yeah. I, I try and not get in my head about like, cause there have definitely been times in my life where I'm like, I'm running out of time, like that feeling, that mm -hmm. scarcity of like, I'm late, like I'm missing it. Mm. But then when I look at like so many actors that I love and so many amazing roles on TV shows or movies, I'm like, that's a grown ass man. Like mm. I have till I'm 50, till I'm 60 to make this happen. Like, yeah. so I'm just gonna settle into the fact that like, there'll be slow years and then shit'll pick up. Yeah. I like to recall something that I, I did a movie with Mark Margolis, who he just sadly passed away. Mm. He told me when actually I, I was doing a movie, a Tony Vidal movie <laughs> down in Mexico. He told me, because I'd ask him like, what's the overall goal if I want to continue acting into uh, to old age? And he was like, just, just outlive everybody. <laughs> just, 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 just keep going. Because if you if you stick with it, literally, if you continue just acting, if you continue just with a craft and everything, everybody kind of falls off, and the pool of actors gets smaller and smaller mm. and smaller. It's not like that's the key to success, but it's like it's legitimately like stick with something and yeah, stay in it. You don't have to hit it big today, tomorrow. As long as you're staying with your craft, yeah. Ride the wave. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's a long yeah. lull That's between just waves. Is. That's just how it is. And sometimes the wave picks up like the reboot and crashes. <laughs> and crashes. Well, they, yeah. they fucked up with that yeah, one. That would have been so good, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my response is always, that's Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> that's showbiz, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That was, I was sad to, because Lizzie was the show, like, that was my, I was watching Even Stevens and Lizzie yeah. before yeah. I was on these channels. Yeah. And like, I was bummed when I heard they like fumbled the reboot. It seemed like yeah, such I a great I know. idea. Yeah, you would think. And at least what went out in the press, like the reasons why being like people wanted to make a real reboot for adults with adult yeah. themes and yeah. creators were trying to keep it PG. It, like It was early days of, well, not even early days of Disney Plus. It, Disney Plus hadn't even launched. Right. Yet. So I think it was a lot of, you know, Disney Plus was trying to figure out what they wanted the platform to be. Right. Meanwhile, Disney Plus wasn't the actual like production company. Right. Disney Channel was the one producing it. So you have like kind of different entities within Disney that are trying to figure out what it is. And then you've got the creative team and the showrunner who they also have different ideas of what it is. And it was just, it's too bad. I'll just say that. It's, it's, it's too bad because I think it could have worked out really well. Yeah. Had this happened right now, with the way that like Disney Plus is right now, yeah, I don't think it would have been a problem. Right, I think we would have. It, it would have been, been great. Yeah, it would have yeah. been totally fine. Yeah, and even if they had gone ahead at the time and just let it happen, yeah, and just just write it out, it would have been great. Yeah, so I, I got biz, to baby. catch up with the yeah, that's showbiz. <laughs> I, I got to catch up with the writers from the reboots. First time I'd seen them since the we shot the reboot. Yeah, and um, just interesting. I mean, you know, there was a lot of potential, but a lot of potential, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that really is Hollywood. Like, yeah. and that, I mean, that's creativity in general. Is yeah. it's all 
Potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Creativity itself is potential, and you're trying to pull something down into the actual. Yeah. And how many things don't, Yeah, you know? yeah. The fact that we even shot two episodes, insane. With how hard it is just it, to get to that point insane, and shoot something. But also feels a little more devastating. Yeah, I know. Because yeah. you're actually you're like, it's a going. sure thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now, I mean, it has, it definitely has taught me le a lesson, <sighs> I feel like. Because, a painful lesson. Yeah, a painful lesson. Because I honestly, because I never thought we would do a reboot. I right. never, I never thought. It's like that's, I heard rumors for years. I'm yeah. like, there's no, no way. freaking yeah. way anyone's going to do this. And then when it's actually happening, it's like, I'm on top of the world right now. This is in insane. Yeah. Life is about to, again, get Open totally and insane. get real fucking cool. Uh, yes. And I feel like maybe even for a little while there, I was like letting that go to my head a little bit where I was like, I was feeling pretty good. <laughs> I was feeling pretty good about myself. Uh, oh, there's a TikTok party. Oh yeah. I'd love to go. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was an insane period of time. And then, yeah, that rug is pulled out from underneath you. And uh, I definitely... Definitely approach things now with a little bit of um, caution. Yeah. I won't believe it until it's on the air. Yeah, a little detachment. I yeah. I, I'm not <laughs> going to believe, I'm not going to commit to anything, like to feeling totally confident until it is 100% out there, complete, blah, blah, so blah. It's crazy. But yeah, it's I know. It's so crazy because normally that's built into all of us in Hollywood, yeah. but normally it's like once you're on set. Yeah. And you're yeah. not fired after a couple oh, well, days? Unless you're Batgirl, then, I mean, you I mean, shoot an entire, entire season. season. Oh, this industry is brutal, <laughs> man. Really is. Work your whole life I to know. have an opportunity like yeah. Batgirl, like to have a reboot again, like, yeah. and just have it fucking fall apart for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. It's so tragic. That's what, all. What? <laughs> did you get depressed after? Oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard not to. No, no, you you must. That's the appropriate yeah. response. I mean, literally, chemically, it's the appropriate response is because you're working towards something, yeah. and the only way for you to get that nice dopamine payoff at the mm -hmm. end of hard work is for the thing to happen. Yeah. And when it doesn't, like, depression is the only... <laughs> Yeah, le legitimately. Response. And, and I, I feel like what made that worse was they kept us kind of like dangling online for the rest of the year uh. on our contract <laughs> during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so not only so is like, like hanging on, we're, to we're going through the entire year of COVID, everything stopping, nothing's filming, health insurance about to run out. And then it's like December of 2020 where it's like, hey, Things are things are looking good. We're, we, there's a new showrunner. We're we're gonna be filming again soon, and then, nope, like within two weeks. Oh my god! And it's yeah. So it's like, damn. So yeah, I mean, it, it was depressing. It was yeah. definitely depressing there for a while. But again, it's, I mean, it, it's it gave me a new perspective. That's another uh, opportunity right there to be an adult and to grow up a bit. But going through that kind of traumatic experience of like, hey. That's just how it is sometimes. Yeah. And you just got to keep on pushing through. You yeah. got to keep on going. You got to be a meme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard, man. It's a hard journey, but it is good. It does grow us up. Yeah. Yep. It does grow us up. I like when I get through the other side of yeah. those depressions. Definitely. And I go, oh, hey, I made it. Yeah. It wasn't so bad. Exactly. But in it, 
it hurts. It hurts. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. yeah. And to stack COVID on top of that. Yeah. It was a weird time. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wife, girlfriend? Oh, girlfriend. Girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. Were you guys together during COVID? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. So you went through an entire <laughs> reboot opportunity, rug pull, COVID, and you're still together and renovating a condo. So you guys, you guys are it. You guys are good. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah sick. <laughs> sick. Okay. Good. Cause yeah, I know a lot of people who COVID was the, the, I mean, the catalyst so, for people realizing like, mm, this ain't us. So here's an interesting question because I've had a lot of similarities. I feel like between this strike that we're going through and still going through yep. and COVID in a way where it was both difficult times of like no work, there's not a lot else to do and just overall stress involved yeah. with it. How do you feel like going through, personally for you, going through COVID, lockdown, not working, anything like that to strike, shut down and not working? How is How is that? There are definitely similarities yeah except for covid was like felt like an entire collapse of the world yeah and institutions as i knew it yeah where the strike just feels like the shutdown of my industry yeah covid was such a mind fuck for me because you're just watching like the absurdity and the lack of anyone's ability to handle the situation mm -hmm. right and mm -hmm. realizing like, oh, whoa, like this whole world is more fragile than yeah. I want it to be. So it was a, a much more intense level of stress and anxiety. But yeah, there's some similarities <laughs> in, in the shutdown. For me, I, so I don't know about you, I enjoyed kind of the shutdown of COVID. Like the break? I enjoyed the break because there was no pressure. It felt like the world is on pause. There's horrific things happening, but in my own little bubble, I'm safe mm -hmm. and my family's safe. And I can basically just take this time to breathe and relax. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that time was much needed. I loved it. I wish I could go back to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whereas I feel like for me, within my household, the strike has been more stressful mm. because it's like, okay, I have work. I have work that's because even with, because the, the directing that I do is non-union. Okay. I have people reaching out for work. Yeah. I can't, I can't do that. That work is struck. Right. And it's like, I've got, there's, n there's none of the, the shared environment of everything is shut down. It's you as a union member, you are shut down. You can't do anything and respecting that and just, but feeling that, that pressure of like, oh man, I want to be working. I want yep. to be working. And this, this is, this is difficult, but it's something you got to get through. Yep. Those have been, at least for me, those so two scenarios, how so no work, but like very different feelings yeah. between them. No work, but like a respite. Yeah. And then now no work, but stress. Yeah. I feel a little the inverse, like COVID actually, I did feel that like slowdown, which was really nice. I felt like I was both decompressing from mm -hmm. like years of shit, but yeah. compressing in a different way from other stresses. Yeah. So I enjoyed how slow things got during COVID, but also I was like pretty stressed about everything. Yeah. During this strike, I feel a little of the inverse because I have my podcast mm -hmm. and because I have um, music I'm releasing that like, okay, like acting's on pause right now. Yeah. That work is struck. 
and I'll do my other things until it comes back, you yeah. know? What are you guys doing right now for your pod? Because I know podcasts have been a weird gray yes. area yes. where it's like, okay, it's not technically mm -hmm. struck work, but mm -hmm. it's also depending on what you're doing. So there's been a lot of different like opinions and everything on it. So yep. what have you been doing? So we had, I mean, look, Ned's pod is a rewatch pod, but really we talk about the show for like 10 minutes and then yeah. we talk about anything else. I got you. How ours went down was we had shot a ton of episodes before the strike. Yeah. Podco was getting clarification from SAG on our weird gray area. Yeah. Also, the Ned's contract, the Lizzie contract, was not anything that's being negotiated now. Like, this right. is an old-ass contract. Yeah, yeah. But it's a weird gray area because it's yeah. still sort of promoting yeah. Disney, sort of promoting Paramount. Yeah. So we had a bunch that we already shot, so we mm -hmm. aired those. Then we got told by SAG, like, yeah, you should probably just, you can still do the show, just don't, we pivoted away from rewatches yeah, yeah. and like Ned's guests. So yeah, like, yeah. we'll just talk. Yeah. But then, even though the strike's not over, we just got word from SAG that we're fine. Oh. So. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it was gray. Yeah. And then it was on both sides of it. Yeah. We got told no, and now we got told you're fine. Just okay. do your show. I've just taken a break. Just because it's like. It's, a lot have. Yeah. A lot of shows have. Um, just because I'm like, I don't want to step up. I, I just, I'm just overly, I'm overly cautious with yeah, everything. Yeah, our show, like, we don't. It's not heavily focused on our, the show. Ours, ours we talk about the show the entire time. We're right. like, it's like we're breaking so, down. So every is Pod Meets World. So is yeah. Wizards. Like yeah, yeah. a lot of these shows do. Like we, our show, we, we couldn't talk about a Ned's episode for forty five minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah, I get, yeah. There's just yeah, yeah. not that much to talk it. about, yeah, dude. Yeah. Our show's a fucking cartoon. Yeah. So most of the time, it's us just talking about life. Okay. So yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so weird with this strike in particular too, because I mean, it's the first time that. I've gone through a strike. I mean, we had the WGA strike, you know, in 2007. Yep. yep. But we've never had that a was an actor strike. strike. No. Nope. We've never had a uh, actor strike where it's it's affecting us. But I, I think more so too, as compared to older strikes, this one, all the unions have been really on top of things. Mm -hmm. Just because there's so much media, there's influencers and For everything sure. now that that's like, oh, there are talents, but not union talents, mm -hmm. depending. Huh? And uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a little more treacherous with like people and also people on online like will jump on you depending on what you're putting out there. For sure. Even if it was stuff that was already pre-recorded, sure. pre-existing contracts or whatever. For sure. People had they had to start putting disclaimers yep. on ads. This was recorded this before. This was recorded before or, and everything. Yeah. Or this but, has an, yeah. uh, an yeah, agreement. Yeah. yeah. It's uh yeah, God, it's been been a weird time. Definitely. Yeah. Life's a weird time. Yeah. But yeah, it keeps going. Yeah. And we keep going. Yes. Jake, I like to finish episodes by asking our guests to give the audience a tip, a tip. about life. Okay. A tip for growing up, tip for life. <sighs> Always have a licensed electrician do the rough electrical in your home. <laughs> Don't try to do it on your own, thinking that like, oh, I can save a little bit. Just have them do it. <laughs> His girlfriend just said, didn't you get electrocuted a little bit? Stay classy. <laughs> Jake, thank you so much for coming, man. I love that tip. Thanks for having me. Someday I'll have a house where I can pay for an electrician, but until then I'll be renting until I'm 40. Where can people find you? 
I'm on YouTube, Jake Thomas, uh, TikTok, Jake Thomas, and then Instagram, Sir Jake Thomas. And the, the Liz McGuire pod will come back when the strike's over? Uh, potentially, yeah, probably, whenever the strike ends. Yeah, and you do like weekly episodes when uh, you're doing it? Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly, Yeah, cool. yeah, which could mean twice a week or every two weeks. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, bi-monthly would be... Yeah. Twice a month. Or every two, two weeks. Every two months. Could be. <laughs> it's either true. way. All right. Well, uh, you'll see the Lizzie McGuire pod sometime. And uh, Jake Thomas on all the things. Man, great to see you. Great Thanks to see for you. coming. Thanks for having me.